You're listening to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. Today, um, I want to speak to you a little bit of a continuation of what I spoke a couple weeks back, three weeks back. Uh, those of you that were here, I spoke on faithful God. How many of you remember that? Three of you. I'm sure there's more than three of you here. Uh, but I'm glad at least three of you uh, were here. Three weeks, uh, <clears throat> three weeks ago, or maybe four now, uh, I spoke on, on this title call, uh, called Faithful God. And I, we discovered the faithfulness of God and how faithful He is in our life. And um, one of the first things, uh, first things that I said is that we have to focus uh, on, uh, first of all, we have to have a revelation that God is faithful. That he is a covenant keeping God. That he will never forsake us. He will never leave us. Bible says that even if our birth mother forgets us. He says I will never forget you. God offers us an unbroken faithfulness. You know that no other religion in the world offers. No other God in the world offers that kind of commitment to his people. In all other religions. In all other um, places. There's things that you got to do and you got to accomplish certain things. You have to do certain things. And when you do enough, then maybe, maybe God will like you. Their God will like you and their God will let you into heaven. But unlike our God, He says, I am faithful to you when even you are not faithful to me. Aren't you happy and aren't you glad to be serving such a God? If you are, put your hands together. The next thing that I said is that don't focus on your faithfulness to God, but focus on His faithfulness to you and it would help you to be faithful to Him. Amen? And so today I'm going to kind of write off on this point and go in further. Uh, today I'm going to talk about faithfulness. And that's just my title for today is faithfulness. We're going to kind of talk about faithfulness, commitment, steadfastness in, in, few, in few areas of our life. And like uh, I said is don't focus on your faithfulness to God, but focus on His faithfulness uh, on God and God will help you to be faithful and today I want to discover that a little bit uh, in, 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 in my talk in my message I want you to write this down one of the one of the meanings of word faithful or faith uh, of, of uh, faithfulness is stickability to prescription write that down stickability and ability to stick to prescription meaning to directions to commitment to to be able to stick to something to the guide and I want you just as we go through it I want you to keep that in mind an ability to stick an ability to stick through an ability to 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 um, not be shaken not be not be waving not to back down not to be wish-washy or changing but to stick through because and an our ability to stick through in different areas of our life whether it's our relationship with God whether it's our relationship in marriage our relationship in our families whether it's a relationship between us and uh, and uh, co uh, co-workers friends and things like that will determine the kind of quality in life the, the kind of quality of life that we're gonna have amen and now I want you to understand something that being faithful 
Sticking to it doesn't mean that everything is going to be peachy and rosy and everything is going to be great. If everything was great in life, then sticking to something, whether it's a career, whether it's a business, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a relationship with God, would be very easy and everybody would do it, right? But because it requires character, because it requires persistence, because it requires an effort, very few people have ability to stick through. And that's why we look at the people, if we look at successful people and we look at their life and if you find one characteristics about them, you'll find something about them is that they are faithful, they're committed, they're persistent, whatever they begin to do, then don't give up until they succeed in it. Amen. And so today I would just want to discover um, and, and, and just together with you meditate on a few thoughts and hopefully that we're going to learn something and apply it on our life. Even though this is not something deep or something that maybe will tickle your theological ears but it's very profound and something that will help you in every area of your life amen first thing that we have to be faithful in we have to be faithful in our relationship with God now we already talked about it and discovered that God is faithful to us no matter what no matter what we're going through no matter the hardships that we're experiencing no matter whether we're in a good season or a bad season God is faithful say with me God is faithful say it again God is faithful but in return God asks for our faithfulness and our commitment to him in has in a, a, a prophet Hosea God told him to go and marry a prostitute and it was all prophetic and it was um god was trying to teach a lesson and 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 bring something out and uh when she married and she she went and picked out a prostitute and married her she uh she gave uh, she gave birth to uh, to his kids and everything and then she went off again and start doing prostitution and sleeping around and then god told to uh hosea and he said go back and take her back buy her back because she was sold on the market buy her back as your wife and take her back regardless of her unfaithfulness and then he was prophesying and teaching he said that my people are unfaithful to me my people whenever they, they go out and they look for other gods and they worship God in the other scripture he says that my people committed two sins against me one is they went on they, they abandoned me as a living water and, uh, and they forsaken me and they went on and dug out the cisterns that can hold water. But he said, they, first thing he said, they've forsaken me. And in another scripture in Jeremiah, God says that your land is desolate because of your unfaithfulness to me. And so throughout the scripture, we see that God, as he commits ourselves to us, as he commits and to be faithful to us, he expects us to be faithful to him. He expects us to be committed to him. He expects us to stick through with him. You know, sometimes you see a person that's getting saved, a person gets saved, and um, their life is a mess. They got no money, they got no honey, they got nothing. And um, addicted to drugs or addicted to other substances and just life as a life a mess you know, living living constant constant depression uh, living constant lack living just unfulfilled life and then 
they get saved God cleans their life up God redeems them God puts them on a path of righteousness and now um and, and now they're experiencing a good life now they you see all of a sudden they got a career they got a business they got things going for them and before they used to come to every Friday night prayer before they used to come to every service and now you don't even see them at church because they got too busy because they got this business going because they got this job going and God fell out of priorities in their life and that's and that's exactly what I'm talking about is that whether your life good or bad whether things are going well or things are not going well that we develop this thick ability to go with God through everything I look at Job's life Job was and still is according to some calculations that people did is the richest man in the Middle East now if you don't know how rich people in the Middle East are, uh, are you just, they're, they're like, um, yeah what should I buy today, 10 million dollar this or 20 million dollar that, just like, oh just a pocket change. Wickedly wealthy, okay, actually that's a biblical term if you're wondering. Bible says that the, the, the wealth of the wicked will be stored up for the righteous, so they're wickedly rich. Uh, <clears throat> but my point is that jo uh, Job he is wealthy he is blessed he has everything that he needs yet bible says every single morning he goes and prays to god spends time with god he brings offerings to god he asks god for forgiveness for his sins and for his sins that his family or his servants could have commit regardless where job was in life he always knew who was the source he always knew who blessed him. He always knew who brought him up. He always knew who, who, who sustains him in a moment of his life. I want to encourage those that you feel like maybe your life got a little bit too busy. Maybe your life got a little too hectic. You got a lot of things going on. Don't abandon your priority. Your priority is your relationship with God. Stick with God doesn't matter how busy you get doesn't matter how many contracts you get doesn't matter how many what kind of career you get stick with God because God will get you through to the end and he is the one that's going to receive you when you close your eyes on this earth and pass on to the next he is the one that's going to receive you stick with God you know when I was um when I was looking for a job as a teenager and thanks to my parents they brought brought me up well in this area when I was looking uh, for a job as a teenager and I found a job or, or when I was applying for jobs at that moment and they would ask uh, you guys probably those that apply for jobs you know they'll ask you to mark which days are you available and which hours right and so there was two days and two set of hours that every application I filled out they were always crossed off it was Wednesday services so Wednesday afternoons I couldn't I, I, I said Wednesdays I couldn't work and Sundays I did not work because these are the two days that I dedicated and committed that me and my family will go to church we will be committed we will serve at the church so these days are not available and I was I was in a place it was actually not my teenagers that was like a couple of years into being married things kind of got rough with the business the income reduced in 2008 and 9 when the, when the market crashed uh, and so I had to I had to go and find a regular job and so 
And there was, I got actually quite a few calls and some tempting calls with a good pay, but that I had to work on Wednesdays. Not even Sunday, just Wednesdays. And I passed on them because I was committed to church. I was committed to God. I was committed to God's people. And I took a less paying job, but I had Wednesdays and Sundays off. And I don't know what your situation is, and I don't know where you're at in life, but when you stick with God, when you're committed with God, God will bring you through good times, through bad times. He will sustain you all the way through, and you're going to come out victorious in the end. There's the other side of people where they come to church, things are good, things are awesome, and then all of a sudden something bad happens in their life. Something horrible happens in their life. Their mom dies, their uncle dies, and they prayed for healing didn't, and they didn't get healed. Um, uh, they got in an accident, something, they lost a job and they were tithing, they being faithful, coming to church. They were serving and now they're out of job and where is God now? And all of these things, they start asking these questions, where is God now? Where, I, I've been good, I've been doing good, I've been tithing, I've been giving, but now I lost my job, I lost a business, I, I went bankrupt, I lost that property, I lost a contract, where is God now? I've been praying for him he didn't answer this need and didn't answer that need where is God and they get discouraged first group of people get too busy the other people get too discouraged in God and and they leave and they say where is God where was God why didn't he stop this why didn't he stop that what why he didn't come through and it's and they begin to blame God or being even offended at God of the bad things that happen but first thing I want to set one thing clear the bad things that happen in life are not from God and most people that they understand that but the second people second thing that they have a hard time is well I know it's not from God but why he didn't stop it why didn't he stop that this man did this to me that this man touched me this way inappropriately raped me or they uh, this these people stole this money from me these people did this and this why couldn't God stop it he knew how bad I wanted it he knew how bad I needed. Why didn't God stop it? And that's the question that most people really struggle with. And so I hope I can, I can just kind of put that in perspective for you. You have to understand that God created us as a human beings with a free will. He's given us a free will. But you say, well, it wasn't my will to be hurt. No, it wasn't maybe your will, but it was somebody else's will, wicked will to hurt you. And God has to honor their free will as much as that he has to honor your free will. Somebody said, you know, some people can say, well, if there is God, why there's so much evil and hurt in this world, why he can just come and stop it all. If he could do that, he would have to take away human's will. And then we would just be like robots with no will to choose, just to do whatever, whatever we're programmed to do. By giving free will to us, God made us and gave us a choice to choose good or evil unfortunately because of sin sin brought hurt pain and all other terrible things in our lives the suffering and it's not God's fault but it's our fallen nature our sinful nature that um that brings that pain and suffering it may some uh, some even Christians I uh, I see online uh, on Facebook and they'll say oh God has brought uh, this hurricanes uh, to America to 
or wake up America and punish America and, 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 uh, and all these things. I, I think it's a little bit of a misguided concept. I think it's a misguided concept. I think God can use many different ways to wake us up. And don't get me wrong, God even uses the bad things that happen, but He doesn't initiate them. God doesn't initiate him. All these things even in the nature that happens, all these hurricanes, earthquakes, fires and everything, it's a result of Adam and Eve's sin that brought depravity on this earth and even to the nature and what started happening with the, with the nature and everything that's, all, uh, that's going on. So if somebody tells you, oh, why God couldn't do it, why God wouldn't stop it, just tell them because God honors your free will and he honors other people's free will, even if their will is wicked. So back to what I was saying. Be faithful to God. Whether good things or bad things happen to you. Whether you are on the top or you are the lowest of, your, uh, uh, of the mountain. One thing I like about Job, coming back to Job, is he stuck with God when he was filthy rich and he had nothing and was dying out of sickness. He said, let his name be praised. He's sovereign. He knows it all. And even despite of all that, he said, I know my Redeemer lives. He can redeem me even from this impossible situation. That's the confession of our faith. That's the confession of our faith. That's what we believe and we know about God. He's faithful and he always comes through. The song that we were singing at the end, um, I love this song. One of the reasons why I love it because it says that doesn't matter whether I'm sick, whether I'm in pain, whether I'm hurting, I know heaven awaits for me. And um, you know uh, yesterday we had a, an event uh, with the human sex trafficking and hearing all these terrible stories of people how they suffer and how sometimes they don't even make it past seven years of their life how sometimes these unfair things happen to the children you know it's, it hurts to even think about it especially having especially having kids but then at the end of the day we as Christians we have one hope is that heaven awaits for us heaven awaits for us regardless how difficult the life gets here God is faithful and at the end of the day we're always victorious amen church let's put our hands together for God couple ways to be faithful and practical and spending your mornings with God or spending your time every single day with God like Job did and uh, spending your time in the Word of God reading reading the things he wrote up to you Bible is a written love letter to you uh, so reading his word meditating on his word spending time in prayer uh, if you we have uh, at 5 a.m. we the, the the church is open for prayer so if you need a prayer uh, place to pray if you need a closet like the Bible says to pray somewhere come to church the door is open the music is playing quiet in the background come and spend time with God and and, and make God your source and your all and I want to tell you something God will see you through in Jesus name amen 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 um, and second thing write it down we have to be faithful is we have to be faithful to each other and that covers a range of things first thing um, let's take the basics of society you have to be faithful in your marriage you have to be faithful with your family you have to stick through the good the bad and the ugly and this is the reason why when when we get married we say through sickness through health through poverty through riches 
through good and bad through thick and thin we promise each other that we're gonna love and cherish and we're gonna stick through and that's a very rare commodity nowadays in our society an ability to stick through the marriage and we have to we have to set God's word and God's standard as a foundation of our life otherwise we will not succeed in this area and we know that a marriage is a foundation for a family and family is a foundation for society and if these if a marriage crumbles at its core if there's no commitment if there's no stickability if there is no faithfulness then our society will be broken as we know it and we can see the effects of our of the broken society today all around us and it comes down to an ability to stick through in marriage in in india i read a statistic in india there's a lot of in, in india uh, predominantly there's arranged marriages and um, in India, the divorce rate in India is about three out of 10,000. If you tell me that's pretty good rate. <laughs> now, I don't necessarily condone or, or, or agree with arranged marriages, uh, but what I take from that is that the culture, the kind of culture they have is an ability to stick through whatever they got whatever life has given them and they did a study when uh, me and my wife we went uh, occasionally we go to these marriage seminars when we ask people uh, and we we learn from people about marriage so that our marriage gets strengthened and so we can help others to strengthen their marriage and there's statistic that says the people that went through some some rough times in in, in a marriage whether it was unfaithfulness whether it was financial problem whether it's uh, whether it was some character issues whatever it was but those people that stuck through 70 plus percent of them were they said seven years later they said the study was condoned it was like a seven-year study or something like that said that they 76 percent if i'm not mistaken but it was above 70 said that they were happy that they stuck through and that they're happier than they ever were on the flip side those people that ended their marriage because of whatever reason it was 70 plus percent said they they regret it and they wish they stuck it through and they're not as happy as they think they think they could be so an ability to make God's word a standard of your life regardless the feelings and regardless the things you're going through and said you know what I'm going to trust God's word I'm going to trust his faithfulness I'm going to trust and I'm going to have faith in God that he's going to get me through it and that is going to get us to the other side and that's going to create strong families strong foundations amen being faithful being faithful in our families the Bible says Bible says that if we don't take care of our family we are worse than unbeliever we are worse than unbeliever we as people we have to take care of our family we have to take we have to be family oriented people people around us they have to be they have to see us and be envious of the relationships that we have their harmony the the, the peace that we carry don't get me wrong i'm not saying that there's not going to be some scuffles and fights and and disagreements that's part of the family that's part of the process but we have to take care of each other in our in our family in our in our immediate family i'm talking about not right now not as a church family but that also applies to that i'm talking about our our blood family many people abandon their families 
embarrassed of their families people are they are they, they don't want to associate themselves with the family now I understand there's different situations for different things but we have to take care of our families we have to take care of our mothers and fathers in this in this culture that we have in America where where parents are retiring in um, in retired homes away from kids so it's like this they've put in all their life into their kids they raised them up they, they wiped their butts off and they uh, and they, they they nursed them they were there through through uh, through their sicknesses and through their problems and they were they were there when they needed them most and then when parents grow older when they need them the most they say mom and dad I'm too busy we have to create a culture and you know it's actually only in fairly mostly in America that's that's like that in most cultures in the culture I come from the Slavic culture the the, the kids take care of their their parents they bring them into their home and they and they and they provide for them until they pass unto glory we have to create this culture of stickability with our family is somebody with me yeah. come on let's put our hands together for Jesus another thing that we have to stick to is we have to stick to our friends in this culture that we live in this culture that we live with this with social media and all, all these platforms that are available there's a lot of artificial friends out there and they're not real doesn't matter how many you have if you have 5,000 or 50,000 or 5 million followers on Instagram friends on Facebook or snapchat I'm gonna tell you and I want to burst your bubble they're not real they won't be there when you when you cry a tear they won't be there when you're thinking should I continue should I should I continue to live on or it's life's too hard we have to develop and nourish real authentic relationships some of us we when when we, we only have friends or we need friends or we ask for friends only when things are bad we need to cry we need a shoulder to cry on we need to vent or like we say we need to vomit things and we'll have this person we come to them and and they will listen to us they will care for us but the moment we're done with our little season and one more things are great we never hear back from you we never they never hear from you they never hear how things are going whether the prayer has been answered whether uh you how you're doing now and we we use people just like we use facebook and instagram and we abandon things Ab uh, i'm sorry abandon relationships we as christians we have to have a higher standard in the world we have to show stickability and we have to show friendships if we look at the friendship of Jonathan and David it's a it was very it was very weird relationship if I can say that Jonathan knew that Jonathan is not a successor of a throne but David is already anointed as a king and he's going to take his place yet Bible says they were like one heart and when a, when a news barrier came and said to David that Jonathan died D David was so overwhelmed by the grief and even the fact that God brought them that news he killed that guy now that's pretty radical <laughs> but it shows how much he treasured and valued relationships 
and David was called a man after God's own heart an ability to stick through they went through things together helped each other out even when one was gonna take over the other's career if I can say that I want us to be a church that is not threatened by each other's successes and not shunned by each other's failures I want us to be a church that sticks through shoulder to shoulder helping us helping each other going through life helping each other to 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 succeed in life even if one's gonna rise higher than the other that we that, that we help each other that we are as a family as brothers and sisters that when the world sees that and says you know what I want to be part of that company I want to have that man and that woman as my friend because I trust them and so we as people we have to we have to develop these characteristics within us you know one thing I love about my wife is that you know sometimes she she has these random people come to to her and say you know what I don't know why but I just feel like you're the person that I can trust and talk I have a lot of friends and this and that but I feel like that you would understand me and I feel like that you will help me out never even talking to the person even developing any serious relationship but people always watch from a side they watch how you treat other relationships around you they watch how you treat your close friends and 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 those that uh, those that you have around you and when they see something they like they will always would want to have part of it I want us to be a church that people are attracted because of who we are because of the kind of friends that we can become to them because the kind of people we are we represent Christ be to a person that you expect others to be to you be to a person that you expect others to be to you you expect others to be faithful and trustworthy be faithful be committed to the relationship through good and through bad there was a story that Joe Austin shared I want to share with you there's two bodies that in World War II they got called on called in for duty and they were fighting uh, somewhere in Europe they were fighting this fierce battle and they were losing it badly and a commander gave an instruction and order to retrieve they were taking heavy heavy fire from the enemy and everybody just just grabbed onto their weapons to their hats and just started sprinting back to the safety and as as this as this body a friend of uh, he got back to the safety he looked around and he couldn't find his friend he's like he started asking have you seen him have you seen him where is my friend and uh, and, and he started getting worried and, and then he came to commander and said commander please let me go back to retrieve my friend he said no stay back this is an order can't you see anybody that's left behind is dead there's nobody there he said please please let me go back and and get him he said if you want to kill yourself you want to commit suicide then go so he in the midst of all that fire in the midst of taking uh, all of this uh, all this fire he ran he found his friend and next thing you know commander sees him running back wounded uh, he's barely walking carrying his friend back and he brought his friend into the safety and as commander looked he says I told you your friend is dead he said I know he said but but when I got to him he was still alive and he told me I knew you'll always come back for me and he said with a smile he closed his eyes and passed away that's the kind of friends we have to be even if it costs us our reputation 
Even if it cost us a, um, our discomfort and maybe association that we have to always believe in people say, you know what? So that they can always say, even if they don't change or even become Christians or even, or even uh, follow the ways that we believe in and follow. But they can always say, you know what? I knew you would always believe in me. You will always come back for me. You will always be there for me. Amen, church? Let's put our hands together for Jesus. And last thing, be faithful to your calling. And be faithful to your calling. God honors those people that are faithful. That's, I think part of it, the reason why God loves those people is because they reflect His heart. They, because they reflect His character and God says, you know what, I like it. I like it, I'm going to honor those people. And uh, being faithful to God's calling. God called us as a church to reach thousands locally and millions globally. God called us as a church to save the lost world. God left us on this earth for nothing but to spread the gospel of His good news, to set the captives free, to heal the brokenhearted, and to, to let the captives be free in Jesus' name. Because if we had any other mission or if we didn't have any mission, then the moment we got saved, we would have just died and gone to heaven. Because why, why else to live on this earth? Because in heaven is much, the place that we're going to is much better than this one. There's streets made of pure gold, see-through gold. Have you seen a gold that's see-through? I haven't. That's how pure it is. There's, and I've seen gold, trust me, in, my, in large quantities, but it's just not, not see-through. But the point is, is that we as Christians, we're going to heaven that's much better than this place. So then, why are we prolonging our time here? Why can't we just go to heaven when we get saved? Because there's people like you and I, that are broken, hurting, lost, suffering, that need to hear your story, need to hear your testimony, need to hear your salvation, redemption story, so that then they can receive salvation as well. And be on our way to heaven. The reason why I said be faithful to your call. Because this call is not easy. And this call requires perseverance and stickability. I'll finish with this story. You know when, uh, when our pastor decided to move to U.S. It was a very difficult decision for him. Because he had a, he had a thriving church his own building in uh, back in Russia ministry and and things were doing well a lot of connections with the city just had a good um, good standing and, and and things were moving forward and when God gave him a call and, and through through four different prof, uh, prophetic words told him that he needs to move to U.S. and open a church here and gave him a vision and and, and the kind of direction where to go he knew that it's going to be difficult and he knew that when he comes here he doesn't know English and doesn't even know where to start he just had a general call and general idea what he had to do he packed us all up I say it like we were like a luggage but we took us all and we came to United States and despite of all these challenges he started a church which now is known the Good News Church or Hungry Gen and uh, and through many years the further we were going the smaller the church was getting the further we're going with six seven years into into the ministry the the, the more people are leaving maybe because their pastor is a bit radical and he has really radical ideas and some people just you know, some local-minded people can't, can't, can't fit global-minded vision. 
and so the further we were going the less people were in our church but you know one thing he didn't give up hope he knew that God called him to reach out to the local community and that this fire that's going to get started here is going to go internationally and come on let's give a round of applause and so he continued to persevere. He continued to persevere. We continue to look for ministries that we can take an example of. Travel to different parts of the world, paying crazy money to do these things, sacrificing into other ministries uh, financially in, with, with anything that we could to, to seek that so that God will, will, will touch our ministry and, and put a mark on our ministry. And you know one thing, throughout all these years, I'm not, this is the short, short version. There's a lot more, a lot of persecutions for other churches, excommunication and things like that. Laughing and, and, and mocking what we're doing. They're telling me, what are you doing? You, you got little boys that still can run under the table. That's how, that's how uh, tall they are. Why are you putting them on the stage to preach? Why are you giving them service to lead? You know, you can preach better than them. You can lead service better than them. Why are you doing this? He said, you know, I gotta stick. I, gotta, I have to stick to the call that God's given me. I have to stick to the vision that God has given me. It was tough for many years. Some of you were a part of it. Few of you were a part of it from the beginning. But our pastor stuck through it. And today you see the church as, as it is. Today you see the vision coming to fruition. You see people getting healed. People getting delivered on a weekly basis. People getting saved on a weekly basis. Today you see those boys that were running under the table are standing with a mic teaching, preaching, healing, declaring God's Word. Today you and I are byproduct of this grace and this faithfulness that He, His perseverance that He showed. And today we're sitting and enjoying all this beautiful worship. We're enjoying this beautiful light, sound, everything. But it came with the price to stick through and be faithful in your calling. We're about to start our home groups. Host groups. Then we're going to have home groups. I challenge each and one of you, answer the call. There's going to be maybe moments where you're going to invite people and they won't show up on that week. It's okay. You persevere, you pray. You believe, do it next week, and do it next week, and do it next week. You know, the scripture that I want to read, I didn't read in the beginning, but it comes from Matthew chapter 25. When, it's a, it's a, it's a parable about the minds that he's given, five, two, and one. What interesting thing that he said to his servants. He said, good and faithful servant. He didn't say, good and clever servant, you multiplied my money. He say good and uh, crafty servant. He didn't say you're a good hustler. I like it. I like hustlers but that's not what God said. God said good and faithful. And you know what he condemned the one that didn't do anything? He said you were not faithful. God wasn't expecting. I, I truly believe that God was, that the master wasn't truly really expecting a return because Bible says he was really wealthy. I don't think that he was expecting a return per se. He was expecting faith, faithfulness. He was expecting stickability. He was expecting that this guy will stick to instructions that master gave him. Whether he, whether he earned any money in return or whether he even lost it. But he would stick to the instructions. Today I challenge each person those that are doing host groups, those of you maybe you're still deciding that you will that you'll sign up on you and let's stick to the calling. God has a great reward for those that stick around.
to His calling. Have you received something this morning? Thanks for listening to this week's message from Hungry Generation. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat by using at HungryGen. Stay blessed, and we'll see you next week.